0: Welcome into this Golf Channel podcast, I'm your host Will Gray, happy to be joined live at Royal Birkdale by... uh Colin Montgomery, World Golf Hall of Famer, victorious Ryder Cup captain. Well, I apologize for that on behalf of that's, all the American listeners. It's OK. We did, that team didn't deserve to lift the trophy. So <laughs> the better team won that day. I'll be happy to say it. Uh, I think between the two of us, we have eight orders of
1: merit, correct? I think we do. Between the two of us, so, we do. We have eight. Yes, And between the two of us, we don't have a major either. Well, well no, that's, yeah, that's yeah. all right. We, we, we're both <laughs> learning to cope with that
0: as, as we see fit. But. Uh, Thank you for joining us here. We're, we're talking in the midst of the first round of the Open Championship at uh, Royal Birkdale. So I guess let's start with the venue. This is a place where you have played three times in uh, the Open before. Yes. Uh, what, what do players expect, or what do you see out of this course that maybe makes it
1: different or unique out of the Open Rota? I think uh, uh, this is, as everyone says, I think I speak on behalf of 156 players here. This is the fairest test of all. Uh, very little blind shots uh, you get what you're given a bad shot is is uh, is penalised a good shot is rewarded and I think that's what the players want the greens are fairly flat there's a bit of slope in them but they're fairly flat o- overall so there's not not great slopes and hills and, 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 and hillocks on the greens so overall it's by far the best course in England on our rotor, and along with Turnbury uh has the most character of any of our nine open rotor courses, what then makes it such a
0: difficult challenge? You say it's a fair course, but then we see three over one in two thousand eight, even par wins in nineteen ninety eight. So it, it may be fair, but it's certainly not easy. Oh no, I never said it was
1: easy. I, I never said I it was easy. I mean, fair. <laughs> fair is something where where uh, what you mean is that uh, you know there's no there's no crazy five hundred and twenty yard par fours. There's no. There's no crazy 250-yard par threes. So it Mike Davis is not uh, coming for a side <laughs> no, 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 visit no, 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 any, no, anytime soon. Mike's not in charge. <laughs> but at the same time, uh, it's just a very, very good test of golf. The pin locations are such that 20-foot is sometimes a good shot into these greens. You've got to play safe. There's a best way around here. And sometimes, yes, you can attack when, when if you fade the ball, the pin's on the right. Yeah, go for it. But but a majority of the time, you're playing... I wouldn't say away from the holes, but certainly uh, uh, in a course management sense, playing percentages into the middle of the greens. And therefore, that's why you find Jordan Speeth even doing well today, because 20 foot's a good shot. He's the best putter from 20 foot. And hey, presto, as we speak, he's on top of the leaderboard. There you go.
0: Uh there's always a little bit of an identity crisis for the Open when it comes to the American audience. So many people mm-hmm. get up early in the morning, set an extra pot of coffee and, and, and watch the golf. But what, from an American perspective, what are fans missing or what, don't, what doesn't
1: translate on TV for an American audience about this tournament? I think the Open Championship is, is, is a lot to do with the weather. And uh, we play on these Lynx courses, these these natural Lynx courses that have been here for of years. America has built some copies of Lynx courses, very good mm-hmm. ones as well. Whistling Straits, Erin Hills, uh, these courses which are modern Lynx courses, but they're still manicured to a certain extent. They've still got carries, they've still got forced carries where you have to hit the ball high. This is, you can get round here by hitting the ball extremely low around here and uh, uh so that's one the weather the inconsistency of the weather in america we find that uh wind wind isn't isn't a big factor normally unless you're at pebble beach in february or something mm-hmm. but but normally around this time of year w- wind isn't a factor it is here mm-hmm. and you see that our weather i mean it's a, it's a decent country britain but really i mean 50, what is it, 58 degrees today? And that's summer. People think think we're in the Southern Hemisphere, for goodness sake. This is our summer. Uh, So conditions, and I think it's all about adapting to those conditions that that, uh, the American audience might not appreciate. That, yes, the greens are nine on the stint meter. Now, for for golfers listening here, nine is extremely slow. Uh, When you think of Augusta, they never tell us, but it's around about 15. US Open would be about 13 this is nine. I mean, you know, it's, it's it's bordering on half the speed of Augusta, which <laughs> is which is crazy. Uh, so it's, it's no point in saying, oh, I left my putt short. It's a matter of, no, no, hit them harder. Adapt to the conditions that is given you. And uh, if there's no wind on these courses, yes, you can do very well. Uh, and you have to uh, adapt to those conditions to say, well, if there is wind, level par is a good score and go for it. Is there uh,
0: an extra difficulty in in adapting to that given the inconsistency of the weather? I will say this is my first time covering the open. I made the grave mistake of actually looking at a long-term weather forecast and soon realized you just need to wake up the morning of and figure it out as
1: you go. We, unfortunately, in Britain, can't, can't forecast as well as you guys can. You go by street by street, don't you, in America? Your <laughs> Doppler radar is unbelievable. You go street by street, highway by highway. We have a big thing called the Atlantic Ocean in yes. our way, and we can't, unfortunately, forecast as accurately as you can. So I think you're right. I think you wake up in the morning and take what you're given. Yes, there is a forecast, but really, I mean, 50-50. It's mm-hmm. a guesswork, yeah. what we have.
0: Uh, so I want to ask you about tommy Fleetwood because he's getting a lot of attention this week yes as and, the, the and rightfully so yes, yes as yes. as the, a local product and a mm-hmm. a guy who snuck on to Burkdale as a kid and just I wanted to ask about the the different pressures of playing a home open and kind of what you went through at Royal Troon, especially back in in 97 when you were really in in peak form and, and how does it how is it different how did you Find that situation to kind of step into when you're when that yeah. the spotlight's a l- even a little brighter than it
1: is for a normal open interesting question i think I think in life, never mind uh, uh, in, in a golf term, but certainly in sports that if you 're expected to win or expected to do something it 's generally a lot harder to achieve and uh, when I was two in the world in one thousand nine hundred and ninety seven at the open when it came to Troon, I was obviously by 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 definition one of the favorites there and it is difficult. You know, I think I finished 24th and, and, and OK, disappointing, but I never quite got to terms with that, that feeling of I should be doing better, you know, and I should be there. And I think that Tommy Fleetwood has the same pressures on him here than, than uh, he's had a great time since since the Masters. I think he's fourth or fifth in the world ranking since the Masters mm-hmm. in points gained. Uh, and then coming to play your home open, you know, well, hey, you know, best of luck to you. So it's, it's, uh, it's game on for him. Uh, very difficult to achieve on, on your own course. Very few people come to their own courses and win. Mm-hmm. Uh, do well, fine. But to win, I think it's, I think it's almost impossible, you know, because you, you have this crowd support. But in golf terms, you, you don't always need or require that. You want to just to calm down and play your best golf away from an open on these courses, and it's uh, and it's most difficult. But he's, you know, he, he's performing okay today. He's doing all right. Yeah.
0: How would you assess your your playing relationship with this tournament? You had early success at Turnberry in '94. You had a runner-up at St Andrews uh, in 2005. Some misses in between. What, when you look back in your Open career, what what kind
1: of stands out? I think I'd have to say extremely disappointing. Uh, really, uh, for someone who was one of the favourites through through the '90s. Uh, I was extremely disappointed with open performances. As you say, one top 10 in the 90s. I had to wait to 2005 to actually finish runner up here. And that was to Woods and, and you weren't beating him. So it was, uh, it, it was disappointing. The the trouble I had was, uh, uh, I hate to say, but I, but I did quite well in the French, Irish and Scottish Opens leading up to it. And therefore had to go and retain titles or, or, tr- or defend them or whatever the case may be. And I took a lot out of myself in uh, the end of June, beginning of July, mm-hmm. and those three events. And uh, uh, unfortunately, I came to the Open, and I, I wasn't probably as prepared as I should have been, mentally and physically, uh, because it's tiring winning mentally. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, so that was the that was the issue there. That unfortunately, these big events just came beforehand, and and you saw Bryson DeChambeau there. Uh, uh, winning last week in America and the race is on to get to Birtdale to get you know to get all this stuff and of course starts with hitting his first shot out of bounds and taking seven at the first par four so you know you blow yourself out the tournament immediately and that's what I found I was tired more mentally than anything else uh, uh, coming into the Open and I you know I, I just couldn't take off the Scottish Open I couldn't take off the Irish or French. There were big European tour events and, and uh, it just fell at the wrong time, the Open almost.
0: Yeah, I think that's interesting that you know, winning is never a bad thing for a player but I know that we went through this a couple years ago with Jordan Spieth with the, the John Deere. I know last year Jason Bay had to defend at the RBC Canadian Open in between the Open and the PGA—that's something that I, I don't think a lot of people look at and realize that mm-hmm. you never—you never want to finish second, but
1: winning also comes with a price. Well, it does indeed. On. I mean, I mean, I, I, you know, I, I speak for all the people that have won a golf tournament. It's not easy. It's not easy when a golf tournament. You go through an emotional roller coaster during a golf tournament, even if you've won by you know as five six shots it's still tense out there uh, and it do you do put yourself under a huge amount of pressure and that's what that's what winners of previous events have the John Deere Classic uh when Jordan Spieth was going for three majors in a row there in glorious hindsight he shouldn't have really played there you but know he still played well at st andrews but he did okay at st andrews yeah. could he have done better at st andrews if he hadn't played there, you know, so I one shot, one shot's a difference. One maybe, shot, maybe, I know, yeah. maybe I don't yeah. know, you know. However, you fly over the Atlantic, you've still got jet lag. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter if you're in a private plane or 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 coach on the worst airline in the world. <laughs> you still, you've still got jet lag. You still have those times where you don't feel quite right. Uh, the weather's changes. Uh, you know, you come from ninety degrees at the John Deere to to what fifty eight here. Big differences. Uh, the grasses are all different here. And, and uh, you know, just getting into the the food is different, the times that, the, you know, language barriers probably for, for people, uh, currencies, all sorts of stuff goes on. And, and it does take time to acclimatize. And, and uh, for those rushing over, sometimes it doesn't work.
0: Especially for golfers who tend to be creatures of habit. Uh, you, Very much so, do? we all are, we yeah. all are.
1: Oh my God, I mean, I've, <laughs> have I worn the same sweater too <laughs> often because, because it's my lucky one, you yeah, know? Go, yeah. Cool, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Uh, so how are you? How are you liking life behind the microphone now? You're, you're it's, uh, interesting.
1: Yes, it's a bit, a bit. So I'm sort of half and half here, where yeah. I'm still, I'm still playing competitively, obviously on we'll the get PGA We'll get to that part. Uh, uh, that we'll you know, which is which is yes. great. But at the same time, I'm enjoying it. I enjoy uh, uh, being being a I hate to say an armchair critic because we are, and to voice one's opinion is is quite good because we all have an opinion. Uh, whether it be right, wrong, or indifferent, whatever, but you all have an opinion, and it's, and it's, and it's not difficult to talk about your own game. If I was, if I was talking about tennis or or rugby or cricket or were you baseball or something, well, I'd be lost. But talking about golf isn't difficult. I know the game, as as do all the announcers, and and uh, and it's just a matter of uh, not getting in your own way, mm-hmm. uh, uh, letting the pictures. Tell the story a lot of the time, as opposed to overdoing the commentary. Radio is different because you've got to paint the picture, but television, you don't, and uh, uh, you just got to let let the pictures tell the story. Sometimes you do have to say anything about a shot because because the picture tells it all. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm learning. I'm learning. I'm, I'm learning to. I get in my. I I get the producer in my ear, you know let it breathe monty let it breathe <laughs> which actually means shut up really i mean it means it means <laughs> monty nice, you're, saying, nice. you're saying too much <laughs> you know and uh, and i understand that yeah, yeah. fully so I'm, I'm still learning at it but at the same time enjoying enjoying the the camaraderie between the likes of working y- you know with with the likes of Nick Fowle were great guys that like Peter Jacobs and Brandel Shambly, Frank Noble are great on the on the golf from you know th- these type of things where, where uh, uh, I'm really learning a lot from their expertise and their experiences and hopefully they're learning a little bit from myself within the golf game itself, yeah, yeah.
0: Well, we are fortunate to have you in the booth this week, certainly. But as you said, you're still very competitive on the, the PGA Tour. Champions, three mm. major titles after turning fifty. Yeah. What what's that been like for you to kind of get back into it? We see that often with players that try and f- and bridge that gap from early to mid forties to try and get to fifty, and then and then you kind of have a reset there.
1: I think it's I, th- I think it's <laughs> very true. You know, forty six to to 50 you tend to tread water a wee bit mm-hmm. and uh, in that way you're not quite ready to come out to the PGA Tour Champions which is a very competitive place to be mm-hmm. and, and can only get more, more competitive as I get older they get younger you know <laughs> and uh, but this year you're coming out with Steve Stricker, with Joe Kelly, with, with with Davis Love, Vijay Singh and then you add on to the guys that I've been playing with the last few years like Freddie Couples, Bernard Langer uh Miguel Jimenez, uh Jeff Maggot, you know, you've got a great Kenny Perry, you've got a great set there as well and and uh uh it's amazing how how competitive it is. It's all very friendly. More friendly than the PGA Tour uh Monday to Friday. But when <laughs> the gun goes Friday morning, I tell you, game on, you yep. know? And and uh and uh the the sufficient rewards available that it, that it really is a, a a very fun place to play i've often i've often said that uh there's not the same envy out there on mm-hmm. the pga tour champions there isn't the same uh, uh uh competitiveness but there isn't the same envy there isn't the same egos out there people people you know i, I hate to say sometimes in the pga tour there's there's a few guys that. Fancy themselves just a wee bit too much <laughs> on the on the PGA Tour champions there isn't, and uh, I think if somebody wins out there, uh, the rest of the the rest of the players are genuinely happy for him. They yeah. really are. Yeah. Well done, you know. Great, well played. That was that was terrific. I was so happy for you, you know. And uh, it's more than a pension. It's a it's a tour, and it's a, and it's proven that fifties the new forty for a start. And I and I do believe that there's more players playing the game of golf over fifty in the world than there are under. So so, you know, it's it's uh, it's an amazing place to be, an amazing place to to perform in your later years. Yeah. Yeah.
0: What do you view as the highlight moment of your career?
1: Highlight moment of my career is is uh, or. Or was uh, uh, my three PGA Championships in a row at Wentworth yep. on the European Tour? Uh, it's now sponsored by BMW. They call it the BMW PGA Championship. Uh, to win three of them, it hadn't been done before, and and uh, to come there the third time and to and to win it three times in a row was was uh, was special, and uh, especially do something that no one else has achieved. I think that was the that was the highlight of my playing career. Was was. Uh, was the three PGA Championships in a row uh, 98, 99, nine, two thousand?
0: Yeah. Yep. Yeah. When you look back, as we said, you're you're in the World Golf Hall of Fame. Was th- was there a difficulty in for you internally with squaring the accolades and the achievements of
1: your career versus the lack of majors? Uh, yes. It's you know I take it as a I take it as a uh, as a positive and a bonus and a uh, and a. And a credit that you're actually asking me that that type of question about you know you've done quite well, but you haven't won a major. Well, well, well. You know, at one time I was noted as the best player in the world not to have won a major. Well, that that's okay. It's better than the second best player not to have <laughs> won one. And you've got to be lucky over the over the over the the four days. Mm-hmm. There's never a major winner stood up and said I was <coughs> unlucky at that particular time or hole or whatever. I just didn't get that fortune at the end of majors where. Somebody did something good to beat me, as opposed to somebody doing doing particularly badly and and handing it to somebody, which which sometimes is the case in major championships yep. more so than actually winning it. Uh, uh, so I'd, I've no regrets if that's what you're asking. Absolutely no regrets at all. Uh, I've had a fabulous career, and if somebody said that I would have had the career that I've had, and and uh, a Hall of Fame member, I would have I would have said well wow haven't i overachieved mm-hmm. because because i didn't know that was going to happen so 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 if you do overachieve in life uh wow you know fantastic yep. so yeah i'm i'm in a good place right now f- 54 years old playing and commentating announcing here and and uh at home and i think this is a very important mix
0: if we have if you get one mulligan
1: Mm-hmm. Are we going back
0: to the eighteenth fairway at
1: Wingfoot? Yes. Yeah. Yes, I think I think that's I think that's set. I think if I have one shot again, mm-hmm. uh, I would have loved that one. Uh you know, after a few near misses, uh uh this was it, mm-hmm. really. Two thousand five I was second to Tiger at St Andrews and then two thousand six, you know, we come up and uh and have this golden opportunity really. The drive was I hate to say perfect. The next five shots weren't. <laughs> uh, I can assure you. But uh you know, to put the drive in in absolutely position A, on the right-hand side of the fairway, with a seven-iron in my hands and and uh, and the pin located for a fader of the ball. Those who understand what I'm talking about, mm-hmm. the fader of the ball, the pin was on the right. All I had to do was just w- would just let the thing swing, swing in. It was actually easier to birdie the hole than it was to <laughs> was to take double. You know, uh, at that stage. So. You know, yeah. If there's if there's one shot, I just called it heavy. I I it fat. Uh, simple as that. And and uh, and uh, and I made a mess of it from there on. But it was unfortunate. But 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 there you go. I mean, Mickelson took six that day too, yep. uh, and we were in the same position. So, you know, and uh, and his whole career has been based about trying to win that U.S. Open. So so it was a uh, uh, unfortunate, but yes, to answer your question in a very <laughs> in a very <laughs> roundabout way, one mulligan. That was, that's where we're going. That's it.
0: Uh, I want to shift to the Ryder Cup, as we said. You, you uh, captained the winning squad in 2010 at mm-hmm. Celtic Manor. Do you, yeah. we, from, a, from a U.S. perspective, we always look at the President's Cup and say that the event would be bolstered if the interna- if and when the international team picks up a victory. Do you feel like uh, I would agree? the Ryder Cup status, it's already elevated incredibly mm-hmm. on both sides of the Atlantic, but did it benefit from the U.S. winning in the fall? Does it, do we need Very a, much? Is there a back? You need a back and forth. Very much. Uh,
1: uh, I wouldn't say back and forth, but at the same time, <coughs> America needed to win that. Yeah. With the with the success of the of the Presidents Cup and the success of the American team in the Presidents Cup, uh, America needed to win that Ryder Cup. Uh, we still can't believe in Europe that we'd won six out of eight. Anyway, I mean, <laughs> we uh, just. Hang on, what at my diners and all the sort of stuff that goes on, my word, you know, even Celtic manor, you know, one shot here or there, and it always just turned in a European favour. Of course, very difficult for me to say as a as a as a fervent European and a very proud Scot that he hears me saying that it was good for America to win the Ryder Cup, but it was, as a Ryder Cup fan, it was good. Now it makes France next year even bigger and better tournament than it would have been otherwise. Now, now we have to go to home and we have to try and win it back again, which, which isn't easy. We need a half a point more now, you know, than we did before because a tie goes to America and the Americans, if they stick to what Davis Love and Paul Azinger did with them in this famous pod system, and this famous way that they play for each other, the way that Europe has done for many years, if they stick to that philosophy I'm not saying how to, how to blew the Ryder right <laughs> Cup, believe me. But if, if, if America stick to that philosophy, America would be a very, very tough team to beat, yeah,
0: wherever it's played. Do you feel like the overall camaraderie on the European tour has been one of the benefi- beneficial aspects of recent European success that,
1: you know? I think so. I think so. I think it's a more, although it's an individual game, we, as a tour, are more of a family you know we travel on the same planes together we have the same courtesy cars Mm -hmm. together Uh, uh, we stay in the same hotels go down to the bar at night it's more of a family feel the European tour than the Americans where a lot of it's uh, a lot of it's now private planes Uh, you don't see anybody when they leave the course you don't see anybody again until the next morning and and uh, and I think that was, our, that was, that was a definite uh, advantage for us, that we were, we were playing for each other. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying the Americans didn't like each other, but we did. Yeah. We really did like each other, yeah. you know? And, uh, and it, was no, it was no issue for me to hold pots for Garcia, who was holding pots for Luke Donald, who was holding pots for Harrington, Westwood. We're all doing it together yeah. to get those points for Europe.
0: Uh, I'll let you get out of here with two light-hearted ones. First, are you aware of the Darth Monty Twitter account, and what are your thoughts?
1: Yes, I am aware of Darth Monty. Ma- I, a- I think he's actually quite brilliant. I-, I said a few of the times, you know, oh, 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 well, you know, all credit to somebody, all credit to someone. So, so he finishes off by saying, all oh, credit to me, you know. Uh, but, it, but for those of you uh, on social media, it's not me. It is this guy. <laughs> I've never met him. I'd love to. And he's, and he's very, very good. He knows the game knows me as an individual. And, uh, and he does a good job. Well, there you go. <laughs> uh,
0: and last but not least, I heard you talk about this on, on the broadcast this morning. Talk me into mushy peas. I've had okay. fish and chips. I've tried them. Not, not totally on board, but uh, from the American perspective, let's talk okay. some mushy peas.
1: OK. America has your garden peas, right? right. That come out of a pod and, and uh, fine. These peas are, are peas. They're just squished up. A little bit of mint is added to them. And they're actually, believe it or not, extremely tasty. Uh, uh, and we tend to, and we tend to have them with uh, with our with our what what we'd have to say our British uh, speciality fish and chips, mm-hmm. right? Uh, fish and French fries to you guys, fish and chips to us, and uh, uh, fantastic. Uh, so, f- uh, fish and chips, mushy peas, a bit of malt vinegar as well on the chips. <laughs> can't can't go wrong. <laughs> there you go. Good way. Now
0: we're, now we're all set for, for lunch here. But <laughs> Colin Montgomery, thank you again uh, for joining us on this Golf Channel podcast. Look forward to hearing your insights all week on uh, on the open. And we'll go have some, some mushy peas here over the next week. Well, thank you.
1: Right. So, time,
0: time for mushy peas. <laughs> there you go. Thank you. I'm your host, Will Gray. This has been the Golf Channel podcast. We'll see you next
1: time.